0: Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at TheBatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show.
1: Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hi, I'm here, and you're listening to the
0: Batman Hi, Universe Comic Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to the Batman, the Batman universe, universe Comic Podcast. podcast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. I am your host Dustin and Ian and Steph are here with me and we are covering the comics from the past two weeks including Batman and Detective Comics. And for those of you who are unaware or skipped the last episode, the format is going to be in flux for the next month and a half and uh, i announced on the last episode that i'm going to be leaving the comic cast at the end of december with our very last episode of the year Um, so if you haven't heard or listened to the last episode and you want to know more about that i strongly suggest checking out the last episode but in the meantime there's some changes that are coming to the comic cast format in general is going to be changing a lot and over the next Now, a month and a half of the last three remaining episodes, including this one, we're going to be doing things just a little bit different. So, we won't be talking about comic news uh, for the next couple episodes unless there's something big that gets announced or something that really warrants a discussion. Um, But instead, we're going to be focusing on the comic reviews themselves and trying to get episodes just to be shorter in general overall. So, with that being said, we're going to start off with our very first book which is Detective Comics.
0: Mount Hope Cemetery. Nora Freeze finishes constructing an unseen ice sculpture. Sometime later, Mr. Freeze and Batman arrive to find that Nora left a mausoleum with Victor's name engraved on it. Mr. Freeze takes it to mean that he's dead to her. Victor then confesses that he backed into LexCorp They hacked into LexCorp to find out more about this serum that brought Nora back. The serum was from a flawed experiment Lex Luthor was tinkering with from the Forever Evil storyline. When injected, it makes its recipients mentally unstable. Mr. Freeze admits that he thought he could stabilize the serum and went ahead with injecting Nora anyway. Obviously, Victor's modifications didn't work, and Nora succumbed to the serum's effects. Batman probes Victor's mind for any clues as to where Nora might have gone next. At the Gotham Museum of Art, Victor says, There is a statue called Little Dancer that brought Nora to tears. The two men, the two then drive off to the art museum. At the museum, Nora freezes two security guards near the, the Little Dancer statue. She sends one shattering to the ground, killing him. Before she can kill the second guard, Batman and Mr. Freeze intervene victor tries to reason with his wife he explains that the serum has made her unstable it's no use nora engages mr freeze and batman in combat they fight until batman captures nora with a rope that raises her body temperature she's about to pass out when mr freeze takes batman out trying once more to reason with his love nora leans in close to her husband feigning affection she jams syringes into mr freeze's head injecting him with the serum that raises his body temperature Nora leaps out the window while Batman comes to Mr. Freeze's rescue. Weeks later, Nora sits comfortably in a log cabin somewhere in Canada. She holds aloft a snow globe with a little dancer statue and says, This world isn't going to get warmer. It's going to get colder. A lot colder. At Arkham Asylum, Batman says goodbye to Mr. Freeze and Arkham's cryogenic cryogenic wing. He notes the irony of Victor's situation and then walks away. Bum-bum. Well, how did the ending compare to your expectations?
1: Well, the simple answer is, I thought, and I think I said this on the last episode, I I was pretty sure that by the end of this, we were going to be back to the same status quo and pleasantly surprised that we didn't get back to the same status quo. Um, I don't know that I am thrilled with the ending overall, which I can get to in a minute, but um, the... (laughs) The expectation, I guess, based off of at least the last couple issues, was that she was going to get taken down. Conveniently, she the only way to get her taken off the board was to freeze her back to the way she was before. And things go back to the way they were, making the entire arc pointless. However, it didn't turn out like that. Uh, kind of the roles are reversed here. She's still out uh, free, and now Victor is stuck in ice because of the situation that she's because that because of the situation that happened because he trusted her so Mm -hmm. i think that uh i mean i'm 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 glad that it didn't turn out the exactly the way i thought it would but it still leaves some lingering questions as to the point behind it all i agree with dustin i
2: thought that the ending was really telegraphed and so credit where credit's due, Tomasi played with the expectations in a way that left us in a new situation that is still logically built on what came before. So it didn't come out of left field, but it also wasn't just a reset of the situation at the beginning of the arc. So I thought that was, at the very least, a choice that didn't frustrate me on the way that I expected to be frustrated.
0: I like that I mean I, I mean, as with any of these year of the villains, like what's the point? The point is that now these villains represent something different than what they did before. So in this case, Nora and Victor's positions are swapped, only Nora doesn't care, which is what Batman says at the end, is that you have one or you don't have what she had, which is someone that loves you so much. Um Yeah. This is more of a comment than a question, but I couldn't help notice the tube that Victor's in at the end. And I know that's kind of a representation of like, that's where Nora had been. And so that's where he is now. And now isn't that ironic, but the thing is Nora was unconscious and Victor isn't. And so that's actually a torture device, right? The ones where you can't really sit down, you can't lay down, you can't really do anything in this obelisk. I just thought that was ironic and probably goes against some kind of Geneva convention and Arkham should probably be. But but I,
1: I took the tube as he's, not just like in a stasis situation. I took it as he is actually frozen. The way, but she
0: that means that frozen. Batman is just being spiteful because no, he's no. not even talking to him.
1: No, because he's being spiteful. Well, okay, in the talking sense, yes, he's 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 <laughs> not actually talking to him. But the thing is, I I took it as he had to be cryogenically frozen because of that. That serum mm. that she injected into him. So the okay. only way to save him from keeping his blood, you know, getting too hot and him and having that counteraction with the condition he already has okay. is to freeze him.
2: Okay. And
1: I thought that was the the irony that Batman was like saying, you know, pointing out is the fact that like, hey, mm-hmm. not only did this entire thing backfire, but you're now in the same exact situation she was. But you don't even have anybody who actually can love you and work to try to make things better for you like she had with you. So that's the way I I took it.
0: You you might be right because he says uh, time and life are speeding past you now. So, yeah, okay. No, I I take that. I get that. Because that's better than (laughs) –
1: The alternative. (laughs) The alternative, which is a Russian torture device. (laughs) Exactly. The one thing the one thing that I had a problem with well, I had two problems. So the, the, the okay. first problem that I had is the explanation of why the serum didn't work. So Lex Luthor, who's handing out all kinds of things to all these villains during you know, the year of the villain and you know, his whole thing that the Apex Lex thing that we, we we've been seeing in some of the other titles earlier this year, he's going around handing out these you know Basically, these these MacGuffins, I guess, is the best way to put it, to basically turn the villain into something new or different, or give them a unique perspective or whatever. You know, we've seen we saw the Black Mask, um, the Black Mask one shots where Black Mask now just doesn't have to walk around the Black Mask; he can actually change his face because of whatever Luther did. The thing that I don't understand is, out of all, like the whole point was that Luther could do whatever he wanted how is it that mr freeze what he got out of the deal with luther was that he got a serum that luther was previously working on that didn't actually work i just feel like maybe that would be the maybe that would be the answer if mr freeze like having mr freeze side with luther backfired on luther and be like well actually The serum I gave you doesn't do that, but he didn't do anything like that. So I don't understand the reasoning of why it ends up backfiring on the villain that makes the deal with Luther. That part I thought was weird because we haven't seen that with some of the other deals that Luther has done with other villains. Like there's just a deal. And in some cases, the stuff that he's like handing out to other people is way beyond just Here, I've got this thing in my my drawer over here that you can use for your your wife. I want to push back a little bit on what you're saying there, because in Deathstroke,
2: the uh, gravity drop that he gives to Deathstroke's son, Jericho, actually does prove to be a double-edged sword and create more problems than it solves for him. So I think that a lot of writers are choosing to try and show that the consequences of someone... Who has a selfish or evil motivation accepting great power isn't going to be that they get everything they want. That there are going to be drawbacks or unintended consequences to their newfound power level.
1: I don't, and I, don't, I, w- I don't disagree to that, but I don't think that was the case with like the vast majority. I mean, like, let's be honest. What did Black Mask lose in the situation? He's used well, it I was about to say, reasons.
0: like. What made them famous or what made them them was taken away. And if, in a way, even though they may have new ways of committing crimes, I think having your identity taken away is is kind of gut-wrenching in a way. I don't know. Like, I've, even though Riddler kind of ended on a interesting note, I still felt really bad for him. Because it's like your whole thing, your, your question mark sticks and your green hat, like, that's who you are. And now it's all gone. I don't know.
2: And I think there's a real question of what Luke uh Apex Lex actually wants to do with these year of the villain gifts. Like does he actually want to help them get what they want or does he want to destabilize the world in pursuit of his perpetual weird world galaxy multiverse ending whatever.
1: I mean that that's an excellent question. Um I think the the my concern is I'm not sure that we're going to get I feel like this Year of the Villain event has been building to something, and I hate to say this, but I don't see it ending in a way that's actually going to feel satisfying. If for no other reason then it's lasted a really long time, I'm you know, i just trying to think of some of the other TBU books that we cover on the site, that we're still covering on the site, that have dealt with Year of the Villain, and there's been some, but like they haven't wrapped up. Their story yet. Detective Comics is now done. They've they've told their story, but like Batgirls not done, Red Hood's not done, Nightwing's not done. They still have at least one or two more months, you know, tying you know, t- telling the story that they're trying to accomplish before it actually wraps up. And I'm just think- seeing her thinking, okay, so this is a really really long event, and well, it is year of the villain. I well I understand that, but year doesn't <laughs> always imply that it's the year. It could have just been. <laughs> the year apparently for for once dc was telling the truth (laughs) but it also but if it actually is a year that concerns me too because it started in may june and if it goes till may june of this year uh you know of 2020 that's a really long time but what's most concerning is that there's a lot of books that are you know the biggest one is justice league was the one that was pushing this and scott snyder was writing it and he's not writing that as of the end of January. So I don't, I feel like, sure, he obviously has people in place with Tynan and Williamson who have been working hand in hand with stuff that he's been doing where they could tell the story without him. But is it going to feel as satisfying as if he actually gave us the payoff? And I don't know that that's... I mean, like, I i, I sincerely... I mean,
2: that's that an that open is. question as to whether you thought something like metal was actually satisfying in the first place. Well, if you're like me point. and didn't like metal, and you're just kind of shrugging your shoulders and saying, well... I guess there's a bunch of books I'm not going to be reading for a year.
1: Well, and I'll and I'll agree in the sense of metal did not end in a satisfying conclusion to the story because it felt like at the end of it it was a chapter of a larger story. Now we've got this massive thing that has been being written for almost two years now about what what is happening with uh, what's happening in Justice League and we don't really i mean like i i I hate to say this but like and and here's the reality of it if you if those of you who don't know out there justice league scott snyder was writing it that was his story he was telling it you're the villain and Justice League doomed was this whole lex Luthor thing this was all his story he left justice league not because he wanted to but because he's got some personal family stuff that came up and that that he felt it would prevent him from doing the story justice and that's why he left i'm not You know, this is not like uh, Snyder bashing in any way. I'm just saying I don't know if we're going to get a satisfying end because he's not the one doing it. But also because this event seems like it's been, it's lasted way longer than it should. When I heard that it was you're the villain, I never assumed it was actually going to be a year's worth of stories. And I think the the biggest inclination that it wasn't going to be a year's worth of stories was that... Batman, well, at least when around the same time that year of the villain started, we knew that Tom King was coming off of Batman in December. Batman was going to have a new direction as of January we all we were told that a lot of the books were going to become monthly that are currently being produced twice per month. And now that's not happening. Where for at least the next couple months. After that, we still have Detective Batman being published twice per month. So it's either they're trying to wrap something up to get to something else. But it also begs the question of, well, why was that not the case back in May when they announced that this was, you know, all these changes were coming? Because they said, any of the books that are, are that are coming out twice per month will go back to monthly, and now they're not. So why aren't they? Is it because they don't have because something else changed? And I don't think you could say that Snyder needing to come off Justice League is the the thing that is making that change. So I don't know. I mean, Snyder has said on Twitter before he before it was announced that he was going to have to leave the book. Snyder had said on Twitter that they had planned out through 2020, at least through the summer of 2020, what they had planned. So the the assumption is that if he would have stayed on the book, at least the story would have been wrapped by the end of, or by the summer of 2020. And that means Year of the Villain could last until the summer of 2020. And then we could see something else. Maybe one of these crazy things that keep floating around the rumor mill about them doing another crisis or crisis level event that resets things or changes things and that's those rumors keep growing louder and louder and louder while dc continues just to chug along so it's concerning to me because i don't really know where we're going to go with some of this stuff and that's that's the part that i'm i'm worried about is you know i don't want this all to I, i obviously i don't want everything to end with status quo being the exact same um, if anything, hopefully by the end of Nightwing, Dick Grayson comes back to being Dick Grayson and not no longer Rick Grayson. Gets tied back into the family, but there's no guarantee on that either. And the thing is, like, while some of that stuff has been rumored, I'm concerned about where some of these are going. This is yeah, one of this I, issue is not one of them because this is a different status quo that just presents some new story possibilities without really affecting. Main characters of some of the books. Yeah, to
2: bring it back to uh, the Detective Comics discussion, I um, was wondering, do you think that Nora Freeze is a good replacement in Batman's rogue Gallery for Victor Freeze? Um, I I've, I think it was interesting that they had her keep saying, "Victor, your love for me is a prison," which is a fairly common philosophical idea, uh, especially in the last, I'd say, forty years, but. Even before that, love as a prison, love as keeping you confined when you don't want to be, has been a, a literary device for sympathetic characters for a while. But did you think that Nora is meant to be sympathetic in the same way that Victor is sympathetic for loving Nora? Or do you think this is going to be super temporary and she's going to snap back and be frozen again in a year? Or how do you think this is going to play out and how do you feel about Nora as a villain?
1: Well, this leads to my other problem, which is with this issue is, is I'm not sure where this is going because let us not forget that Tomasi wrote a character, The Arkham Knight, and it kind of ended abruptly, in my opinion, in the sense of like the story wrapped, sure, but she was taken down, but not taken off the board, just taken down. And they left it very open ended at the end where she could easily come back if they wanted her to come back. But here we are, time, you know, a significant amount of time later, and she's not back. So the thing is Is Tomasi setting her up to be utilized by somebody else, or is he planning on coming back? Because if the whole point of this story was just to set up a character who is more murderous or more hellbent on destruction than Mr. Freeze is because as they pointed out throughout this story arc Mr. Freeze has said uh, to Batman, you know, I never did anything that wasn't with the intent of bringing her back. I did this all for love. And which is debatable depending on what writers we're talking about. What well, we'll give that's true. Uh, right, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, there's definitely some writers who have written the character differently, but yes, the thing is that's the main characterization of the character in my opinion is that a lot of what he does and a lot of the things that we see him do deals with getting money so that he can you know do whatever he needs to do for getting her back his main goal is to get her back you know out of out of the cryogenically frozen state that she's in get her back to him that's what he wants unfortunately it doesn't always work out like that. And then even when it did work out and he was able to get her back, she's then decides she doesn't want to be with him anymore. So I think my problem is that if the intent for this character was just to take Freeze off the board, who sometimes can come across as a character you can be somewhat sympathetic to because of his reasonings of why he's doing what he's doing and replacing him with a murderous person who has no reasons to do what she's doing other than... She's pissed that she's in this state that she's in because of Victor. That doesn't seem like an upgrade. It seems like just another character. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for more female characters. And and actually, Tomasi's got more female villains, that is. Because Tomasi did the Arkham Knight, which was female. And now Nora Mm -hmm. Fries is walking around as another female villain. And I'm all for that because there's honestly not a ton of female villains within Batman's rogues gallery that are focused on outside of like Catwoman, Harley Quinn, poison Ivy. Occasionally you'll see some other ones like magpie or lady Shiva, but they don't get a ton of focus all the time. So I'm all for another character that's female, but I don't know that this is the right way to go about doing it because it puts Mr. Freeze off the board. You know, that's not going to last for no other reason than someone eventually will want to write the character and, Then it's a matter of, okay, so then the setup for this character to become something, does anybody actually do anything with it? And that's the part that concerns me is because the Arkham Knight was the same thing. He set the character up so that somebody could use them, but will anybody actually use them or will that stuff just be ignored in the future and not come up for a really, really, really long time? And that's the part that I am concerned about. I am all for creating more characters and especially with these ones that are rooted in some sort of other... Batman mythology, in the sense of like the Arcanite character, derives in some ways from the fact that there's an Arcanite character in the video games. Nora Fries, as Mrs. Freeze, derives from the story of Mr. Freeze. It's a smart way to include these characters and create these characters from basically the little amount that there was prior to it, but. If nobody actually uses the characters. It was all for nothing, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, the the longevity of the stuff that we're seeing from Tomasi, I guess, isn't even going to be determined by Tomasi himself, but by other writers who choose to either ignore what he's done or or to pick up what he's done, and only time's going to tell from that.
0: I thought it was interesting that so so the serum. I don't think we mentioned it was a uh, uh, Lexis serum, which somehow also was used to create Bizarro when he was trying to clone Batman. (laughs) Sorry, clone Superman. Um, And that actually made little sense to me because Bizarro ends up being kind of a kind person and has a big heart, even though he's unstable. (laughs) And so to me, I I feel like either if they go the direction of either undoing the serum so that, or, or undoing it or her, becoming a little more like Bizarro in, in that she becomes more tender hearted. Um, she may end up being just a female version of Victor. And now it's her job to save him, which I think would be, I don't know, not necessarily the best, but still kind of an interesting role reversal. Um, That you could make new stories with. And again, but people would want to have to use, like you said, people would want to have to use those characters and and further their story to make, no matter what direction they go, to make make something of it without wasting all this. Which hopefully they talked about that in the writer's room or something. I don't know.
2: I hate to be super cynical, but I don't get the sense that DC is coordinating very well in the bat offices right now
0: no,
2: yeah, no no nothing i'm seeing here in detective really seems like it cares about anything that's going on and the same goes for the batman title and all the bat family titles um i will give tomasi credit he does reference batman's feelings for catwoman at the beginning mm-hmm. of this arc where he's talking about the snow and how it reminds him of selena and stuff but in terms of how the actual story plays out in terms of City of Bane. this is completely disconnected from any of that stuff. And so it, it just
0: <sighs> Well it does keep referencing the fact that it happens before the City of Bane.
2: Right, because Alfred's in alive.
0: <laughs> in a vain attempt. No, no, like there's an actual editor's note in on in every issue, I think.
2: No, I I know, but that's specifically because Alfred's alive.
0: Oh yeah, 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 specifically. Um, spoil the next issue. <laughs> That we're gonna cover.
2: <laughs> the salt is coming out, okay? <laughs> um Yeah, so that was all my questions about detective. Anyone else have any other questions? No.
0: Um I'm excited about next week's issue. <laughs> I I normally don't don't read the solicits or scoop ahead, but I noticed that the next issue is called Robin, so I was a little curious which one and why. So I'm excited about next week.
2: I mean, we know which Robin is going to
1: be.
0: No, no. I, I, I well.
2: No,
1: we know. The, the one plus is. But it was Damien. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the one plus is that Tomasi. His the the times that he really flourishes is when he's he's writing that that's the father son relationship. In my opinion. So
0: but I he's think, not writing that issue. Oh
1: well. Okay. <laughs> Wait, who is doing the guest issue? Tom with? Taylor is writing All it. I'm right. sorry.
2: So I expect someone's going to die horribly.
1: And... <laughs> yes! I'm so excited! <laughs> because we hope that Damien's the one? <laughs> no, not Damien!
0: He never kills Damien. Damien's always okay.
1: It's true. All right. So, Detective Comics, I'm going to give three and a half out of five. Um, three.
0: Three. Three out of five.
1: Yeah, three out of five. Uh, if they had ended with uh,
2: resetting and Norv was frozen again, I would have given it like a two, just because it was boring. <laughs> he
1: exceeded that, and that was clever, and the art was strong. So, three out of five. All right, and over on the site, Scott gave it three and a half. So it's going to give Detective Comics number ten sixteen a total of three out of five. Batterings. Let's move into our next book, Batman. <laughs> Batman
2: number 83 written by Tom King art by Michael Janine Batman awakes to listen to recording of Alfred's voice reciting a poem he finds himself seated in the dining room of Wayne Manor looking across the table at Alfred's lifeless body as Alfred's voice recounts fond memories of raising Bruce as a child Batman rushes across the table and cradles Alfred's body with tears streaming underneath his cowl. Batman carries Alfred across the table, lays him on the couch, and covers him with his cape. Alfred's voice continues to remember young Bruce's smile. As the recording goes on to speak about watching as Bruce took the vow that turned him into Batman, Bruce looks up from Alfred's body to words spray-painted across the wall saying, you are not Batman. As Alfred's voiceover speaks about Batman turning his pain into hope, Bruce tries to exit the room, only to find the doorway walled up, and Batman begins to punch and kick at the wall, with Alfred's voice speaking about standing by him in his missions, only in the hopes of seeing Bruce smile again. As Batman screams in rage and grief, he begins to destroy the entire room around him. Alfred's voice speaks of finally seeing Bruce smile, as he waited for Selina in Batman number fifty, the day they were to be married. As Alfred kneels on the floor, sorry, as Batman kneels on the floor, Alfred's voice explains that he made the decision to lie to Batman that he was safe, knowing that it would result in his own death, and telling Bruce that the day will come, when Bruce will smile again. As Alfred recites another poem and tells Bruce, "Goodbye." calling him one time his son. Batman stands in front of the portrait of Bruce and Alfred, removes his cowl, and wipes tears away from his eyes. The bricks in front of the doorway explode, and Batman turns to find Catwoman in the doorway, with Selina telling Bruce, He says you're ready. Bruce follows Selina down a hallway, silently past the members of the Bat family, as he puts his cowl back in place to find Thomas Wayne, in his own study, wearing civilian clothes and smoking a pipe, as psychopirate and ventriloquist stand behind him. Thomas asks Bruce if the death of Alfred um, has finished his desire to be Batman. Bat- Thomas has taken everything from him his city, his family, and his woman, Selena. Bruce says he will never be done. And Bruce ends the issue facing off against his father from another universe, saying, For Alfred. So, this issue serves as Tom King's farewell to Alfred. How do you think that functioned just on an issue
1: emotional level for you? (sighs) Um, So, the idea that Alfred is actually dead... I mean, I'm going to say this. The issue itself, I think, was written very well um, in the sense of if Alfred is, in fact, dead, then this was, a, in my mind, a nice way for him to get a final goodbye. However, and this is a big however, if Alfred is dead, I think this was the worst possible way for the character to die um while this issue i believe was a fitting goodbye i don't think that they did a very good job of making it known that the character was dead and a lot of that has to do with the fact that let's be honest i think we all sat here and said you know well psycho pirates involved i mean this issue alone has psycho pirate having control over the entire bat family as they just stand to the side and has and they have and he has Catwoman lead Bruce to Thomas, like this all happens in front of our very eyes. So, how can we not believe that there's still some psycho pirate stuff in play? There's all kinds of things happening. There's the, the, the brick wall that's there, but then not there. There's a lot of stuff going on that could still make you believe that he's not actually dead. But for some reason, around this, right before this issue came out, we find out, or not right before, but very, a little bit of time before in february there's a one shot coming out that is going to focus on alfred being dead and the solicitation is acknowledging the fact that alfred is dead and when that solicitation came out, i was like okay so what is the swerve reasoning behind this other than to potentially get people to actually think that alfred is dead but if he's not what is the point of this book and then this issue came out shortly after, and I thought to myself, huh. Okay, so they really want us, they really want us to believe that he's dead. They they must, because if they don't want us to believe that he's dead, why are they doing this? And the problem is that like if he's not dead, what was the entire point of having psychopirate control these situations? There's also a lot of other things going on, just like uh, what was it? Two issues ago, or maybe it was the last issue that you saw Thomas Wayne walking through the Batcave with all the members of the Bat Family taken out. In some cases, they were stabbed. In you have to wonder, okay, so how did they all go from being beaten beyond belief by Thomas Wayne to suddenly standing at attention in the middle of a room with no issues whatsoever? And of course, they might not actually be there, but. I just don't understand where we're going. I just, it, it doesn't feel like there's enough time left to explain what's going on other than just be like, hey, Psycho Pirate, we punch you in the face and everything goes back to the way it was. And I really don't want that to happen. Um, I know the next issue is supposed to reveal some stuff about how Thomas Wayne, came to be and his involvement in the whole city of Bane storyline and explain some of the questions that we've had but there's only one more issue after that and I don't see how this is like if Alfred's dead he's dead there's nothing we can do about it at this point but if he's dead and there's so many other elements of what we've seen that haven't actually happened what that just it it takes away from the fact that he was he was killed Anybody who saw it, I mean, there was no moment that anybody thought he was actually dead, which says something about what we got as part of the story. And that's, I guess, where I'm having an issue with is, you know, they keep trying to cement that he is dead. And if this is the big moment that Tom King said he had to get approval for to actually make happen, it feels like somebody messed up real bad, real bad. And... Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, as a standalone issue, if he's dead, this was a good this was this was a good emotional story, but as part of a larger story, this is this entire th- story feels like it's going to end up not very good. I think you're wrong.
0: <laughs> I mean, my first impression was golly, this is a lot of time spent on this one thing. And then I realized in the past, you know, anytime anyone's died, we've been like, oh, wow, they spent like no time mourning that person. And so this, I think, is enough time. It's like half, you know, th- two-thirds of the issue, you know, is 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 dedicated to saying goodbye to Alfred. And I, I don't really see what you're talking about. If there's solicitations about the death of Alfred coming up and everyone's acknowledging that he's dead and he's holding his dead body and we saw his neck being snapped full on... I don't know. I'd be willing to believe that Alfred is dead and that this is the change, which is the change I said that it was going to be, which makes me a little worried that Batman and Catwoman aren't going to get married. Because if this is
2: a change... Well, remember then, then... that Tom King keeps saying there's two changes. Oh, so. did he?
0: Okay, yeah, good. It's always I, been I two hurry. changes. Oh, good. Then I wouldn't... I'm, I still think there's hope. That's not the right word. Um, I think that Alfred could be dead, dead. And... Um, I think for the story, it makes sense because Thomas thinks that, you know, Alfred is one of the enablers, which he totally is for for Bruce staying Batman. I don't think Batman needs, needs Alfred. I mean, he had Penny too for a little while, but, you know, he just needs someone. Um, so I think it makes sense for the story. I think I'm willing to accept it as not something that psycho, pirate, psycho pirated. Um, the Bat family being there, I mean, if we are going the Psycho Bat, or Psycho Bat, the, the Psycho Pirate route, I mean, it's possible they are either acting or are under some kind of thrall or something. Thomas says, you know, I have your woman, so Catwoman's under some kind of control. I don't know what. Um, but again, they could all be acting, because Bruce twitched his eyebrow in a certain manner or something. I don't know. Um, sending a message to the Bat family to act, a, I don't know. <laughs> (laughs) But um, I I, I think it was, I don't think it destroys anything. I do wonder how they're going to wrap it up so quickly. I really hope it's not like just one issue of monologue. Oh, Lord, I hope it's not one issue full of monologue. But I think it was fine. It was good. And there's nothing inherently wrong with it as far as I can see.
2: If you'd asked me about two weeks ago, I would have been an agreement with Dustin. Um, There's been a lot of rumors that Tom King's story has been changed to the last minute that originally he was going to resurrect Alfred and editorials making him keep it. But then someone on a forum mentioned the brave in the mold. Um, The story where Batman and Swamp Thing investigate the death of Swamp Thing's father. And I thought about it, and I think there's a very real chance that this actually was foreshadowed in that issue. And you can, I mean, fathers and sons are obviously a huge part of the entire run. You've got a little bit of the Bruce-Damian relationship and Rules of Engagement. You've got um, Alfred's relationship with Bruce in Number 50. You've got Thomas becoming a bigger and bigger part of... The, the whole run, you've got Bruce's conversation with his mother in I Am Bane. Um, so I think that you can make an argument that this is the plan, that this is organic, that this is actually what Tom King wanted to do in the beginning. And we'll have to wait until 85, and then I, I would argue we still have to wait until Batman Catwoman number 12 to really know what Tom King is trying to say. But I can really see that Tom King is trying to figure out a way to have Bruce mature. Um, Marrying Catwoman is a step of maturity. It's not a step of someone who's still frozen as a child watching his parents be killed. And the real problem is, can Batman take that step and still be Batman? And that's what I'm really worried about. Um, I'm really worried that we're going to end with a sort of a, a hush or some kind of status quo where Batman and Catwoman might still be together, but they're not really committed. And there's all this distrust and stuff between them that I don't think would be satisfying or a whole lot of fun to read. However, in maturity, one of the things you have to do is rely on yourself and Alfred much as I love him, and I think he is functional in a way that's more than just a father figure. He's a friend. He's a partner. He's a voice of reason. He's a conscience. But he is also a father to Bruce, and I think that does have the potential in some writers' hands to hold Bruce back, to to keep him at a stage where he can't move forward in his, his personal relationships on an equal footing. He's reasonably good sometimes as a father figure, But on a a partner level, he's not that great with any of his romantic partners or his adult children like Dick and Barbara. So, at this time, I think I'm more on stuff side. I think that this could really make sense as a story. Um, I am worried that we're going to end tragically and Batman will just reject everything and be alone again. Because I think that would be the absolute worst possible ending to this run. But I hope that the death of Alfred spurs him to continue connecting with his family rather than to reject them as he has in other terrible events like War Games or Bruce Wayne Murderer. Or, um Well, Bruce Wayne murder wasn't terrible, but in the middle of it, he rejected everyone and was only Batman and had no connections to anyone. So that's what I'm afraid that we're going to end with. I hope that we end with him clinging to his family even more tightly and in a more mature way. Um, My last question for this issue is, how long do you think Alfred's going to stay dead?
1: <laughs>
0: like as a zombie? Come back as a zombie?
1: No, he's going to come back as the outsider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that
0: would be kind of cool.
1: <laughs> well, the reality of it is that if uh, there's some sort of crisis level event, he very well could be dead, and then is back by middle of next year, which doesn't help the entire situation. I also have to wonder. I also wonder if the if I guess the the the, the question. I guess I have to wonder if the intent is. To get Alfred off, like you, like like you were just saying, Ian. I, what, what would be the point? Like, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's definitely something to those rumors because there's another reason why we haven't gotten Batman Catwoman. You know, it's not coming out in January like they originally said it was. It's not coming out in February. It might not be coming out in March. And part of the initial explanation was, well, it's not coming because. Uh, Clay Man needed a little bit extra leeway to get ahead. Okay, that, that was fine for the first month. But the second month didn't make any sense, especially since we knew this project was happening all the way back in May of, of this year. So he already had a seven-month head start to get the first issue going. So the only thing that could I could think of is they're giving him more of a head start, and they're going to wait to keep Batman Catwoman until after they do whatever they're doing. Um what does that mean for the future of the batman universe i mean that means literally we could we could see all kinds of changes and if we see some sort of crisis level event happen we know from crisis level events that things tend to get changed um and regardless of what the rumors are about how you know who's going to be playing the role of batman or things like that that's not really the concern it's more of any of these situations that we're currently seeing unfolding that is status quo situations that are very different than the normal status quo those could easily be reverted back to after a crisis level event so if Alfred actually is dead while I stick by my this was not a great way of having him go out um, just because I don't think anybody ultimately cared because nobody thought it was real if we need to get a one shot two months after the story ends to solidify the fact that he is dead there's also something terribly wrong with how it was portrayed in the story because if people still don't get that he's dead then there's that so while i have a problem with that i can see it easily being reverted back if there's another if you know if there's a massive event next year like some of the rumors currently out there are suggesting
0: Disagree with a little bit with with the way it was done isn't good because and, and I mean it depends depends on your preference of how someone dies but <laughs> um, I think sometimes for me some of the most poignant deaths are the ones that that seem like plain and and just regular like like Buffy the Vampire Slayer was always about crazy things happening and vampires and monsters and people sometimes would die but it was always big and emotional and they had their farewell and go get the you kid and then there's this one random episode where Buffy's mom dies of cancer and Buffy comes home one day and her mom's just lying dead on the floor because of an aneur- aneurysm in her head And the whole episode is just saying goodbye to Buffy's mom. And the whole thing is just so sad because it's so natural and so pointless. It's just heartbreaking. And I think for me in a way, that's kind of what this was is it was done in an instant. Alfred has, I mean, none of them have superpowers, but Alfred's just a guy. He's an old veteran spy, depending on who, who Alfred was in, in this universe. And he's just, Gone because someone snapped his neck, which is what happens when someone snaps your neck. Like I don't know. It just—I think that's almost more to me, and that it was almost so so quick and pointless. It makes it more painful, I think, to me
2: personally. I think that's a really good point. Um, I was just watching uh, *Terminator: of The Sarah Connor Chronicles*, the show from like 2000, I think eight to nine or something. Okay. And they kill off several characters in ways that aren't really telegraphed at all. They're just there one moment and gone the next. And that's, you know, how death really is. You don't have a big uh, foreshadowing. I mean, people don't usually actually say, I'm just a few days from retirement.
0: (laughs) Um, Here's a picture of my family in my wallet.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Like, death is just death. It comes for us all when it's time. And that time usually isn't the one that we expect or want and i think that the the idea that the brave of the mold is foreshadowing to me is really important because that was a long long time ago but you can really connect it in a way that still feels organic so um it's not quite as as random and pointless as it could feel um but it, it still has that sense of reality i think Dustin's right. I think we are looking at some kind of massive relaunch. We're definitely looking at several major creative changes in the next few years. I think that if Batman Catwoman's in continuity, then we're not going to see Alfred back for a minimum of two years till that one's done. If some of the things that I've heard are true and Batman Catwoman turns into a Black Label Elseworlds book, it's anyone's guess. I think that when Tom King, if this was Tom King's real plan, when he got permission from DC editorial to kill Alfred, he saw it as lasting for a minimum of five years, probably closer to 10 years. I don't think comics really have that kind of staying power at this point. Things are relaunched and rebooted and changed and new writers come on and want to do something different that turns out to be the exact same thing. So I don't, I don't know what we can really predict, but I hope that if this is serious, it lasts for a minimum of five years. Cause I think that would mean it, w- it meant something and wasn't just a stunt.
0: How would you feel if the last issue of Tom King's run comes out and on the bottom, it says to be continued in Batman Catwoman.
1: Number one, you know, that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, how do I feel about that? Because I know that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to be pretty pissed. If for no other reason than, especially if Batman Catwoman isn't solicited at that point, oh, which yeah. I mean, let's be honest, if it doesn't get solicited for March, it's not going to be solicited before uh. that last issue of number 85 comes out. And that's a problem. That's a big problem yeah. because it's like, well, it's up in the air. Guess what? And then it's going to start screaming Three Jokers, Doomsday Clock, some of these <laughs> other things that have just been up in the air and nobody knows what's going on because the events or the the big things that are happening in the books are pushing those stories to the side. And while Doomsday Clock was intended to be one of those big stories that was going to shift things, I honestly don't think we're going to be seeing the last issue of Doomsday Clock setting up some sort of major event or setting up some sort of major thing that like mm-hmm. we all anticipated it doing, mm-hmm. but it didn't because it was delayed, and I don't want to see Batman... I mean, Batman. at this point,
2: it can't, because <laughs> the event is all going to be Snyder and maybe Bendis. It's not going to be Jeff Johns, so it can't set up anything.
1: Well, and at this point, it's not going to be Snyder because he's off the board for a little while, at least, too. So, I, mean, this is, I guess if uh, you... Haven't liked what Bendis has done with either. I mean, we've only covered two books here on TBU with Event Leviathan and Batman Universe. But if you didn't like those books, yeah,
0: I would have been okay with it, except when you guys started talking about the delays, and then it's just my heart sinking lower and lower and lower. <laughs> like, oh. I-
2: I honestly think that while we do need to wait until Batman Catwoman is done to really say what Batman by Tom King means, I think he is going to try and give us an ending. Uh, I think we are going to have the Batman Catwoman plotline continue, but I think that definitely Thomas Wayne is going to be dealt with. Uh, Bane has already been dealt with. Um, So I think, my own personal prediction is that we'll, we'll get a little thread that says, oh, yes, Batman Catwoman will continue. But I think that he's going to do what he's been promising to do for years now and have a scene with Bruce Wayne and Kite Man sitting at a bar together. I think that's going to be the last scene. And then, of course, we're also getting a two-page trailer for James Tynan's uh, Batman in issue number 85. So that's coming up.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So so, Batman, I'm going to give a total of four out of five.
0: I agree. Very emotional. Farewell. Four out of five. Beautiful.
2: art. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I normally really hate it when Alfred calls Bruce, his son, but when Alfred knows he's going to die and he only says it once and the entire issue is leading to him saying that, I think that's the only way to do it. And it was beautifully done. Four and a half out of five.
1: All right, and over on the site, Paul gave the issue five out of five, so that's going to give Batman a total of four and a half out of five Batarangs. That is all of our books. Um, To round out the episode, we did have, if you listened to the last episode, I specifically said, hey, if you're listening to this comic, if you're listening to this podcast, and you'd like to, you know, we'd like to hear your ideas of what you'd like to see. Well, we only got two responses, which is slightly unfortunate, but... The responses that we had were not bad. Uh, one was quite amusing, and I wanted to read it. So the first one is actually from John, and this one came over on the website. And he specifically said, "I'm really surprised that Dustin is scrapping the whole Batman universe to purely focus on Detective Chimp, but I will still continue to listen." <laughs> well, the cat's out of the bag. Yes, Detective Chimp <laughs> universe is coming in 2020. No, for real, uh, no, to be honest, yes, obviously I have a love for chimps and monkeys and apes and all that, but no, that is not what's coming, but some other things that are in the works as well. So stay tuned. The other comment actually was an email that got, you, that came in and this is from Paul. He says, just wanted to drop a quick email saying thanks to Dustin for all his hard work and effort. I've been listening to you since the new, the start of the new 52 and listen to you all over the world on my travels. You have always crafted a good pod where you balance information and opinion fairly. In regards to the podcast, I like everything you do especially the news and reviews. I would like you to do a forthcoming section if possible and when just as a and when just as a reminder, it feels like I've been waiting forever for three jokers for about a decade, so a reminder of how long to wait would help. I have one question if possible, as you said on the most recent podcast with DC, considering changing things again, what would you like them to do going forward? Thanks again, Dustin. Well, I'll miss you saying here's the thing in your Batman voice, followed by 10 <coughs> minutes of reasoned ideas. Many thanks. Um, well, thank you, Paul, for sending in the email and we appreciate the fact that you've listened as long as you have, because that means you've been listening for seven years at least. Um, so thank you. Um, so, the, as a reminder, like a forthcoming section. So what is coming? Um, that's very difficult because there's a lot of projects that get announced. Maybe this could be something we could consider doing as maybe an article. I don't know how often we would update it because there's not a whole lot of information, but some of the projects that get announced, but don't have release dates. So, you know, solicited release dates, for example, I can tell you off the top of my head, there's at least six different series that have been announced that have yet to be solicited. Three Jokers is, in fact, one of them. There's the Arkham Asylum 2 by Grant Morrison, which was announced over a year and a half ago. That has not been solicited. There's a Mark Silvestri project that was announced officially a year and a half ago, but was being talked about for almost five years now uh creature of the night which finally just wrapped up was talked about since 2011 before the first issue came out in 2017 so i mean there's definitely some three jokers is expected to come out in 2020 at some point at least that's what jason fabick has said on twitter um but yeah maybe uh maybe an article series every quarter kind of updating some of these projects hearing what we hear through the grapevines and you know, what the creators are talking about on Twitter, kind of updating, giving any sort of updates for these projects, that could be an an interesting thing. As far as a thing to talk about in the podcast, we could, I mean, we could still bring it up probably every once, once a quarter referencing the article that we write up, but there is not a whole lot. I mean, Fabic has been posting more art recently, but I think it's because he's a little further along. And if not complete at this point, I, I imagine that he's complete because Jeff Johns has been done with Doomsday Clock for a while. That final issue has been over at Gary at Gary Frank's hands since uh, May and he finished it and announced that he finished it back in, I believe, August or September. So it's been quite some time since those two creators had their hands on it. So it begs the question of why in the world did they wait till December to release the issue? But I guess it's a question for another day. But anyway, um, yes. And then uh, what would I want to see them do going forward with uh, stuff in general? Well, mostly we, because we are obviously going to be focusing very heavily on the Batman universe and less on some of the peripheral team books and things like that going forward one of the things i would love to see is and i've said this before but like a bat family title detective comics was kind of the answer to that at the beginning of rebirth but the only issue with that was it 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 did a good job of featuring a variety of characters there's no question about that but ultimately it was a story that Story arc to story arc focused very heavily. I, I'm looking for more of like an anthology title. And let's be honest, DC loves the anthology titles. They do them all the time for the holidays. If they got an anthology title that they could release once per month, that they could slap seven, eight dollars on and people would actually pay for it. And you had, you know, maybe eight different characters with 10 pages a piece, um, giving eight different creative teams the ability to like work on these different characters and swap out the characters here or there i would love to see something like that because i think one of the things that happens way too often in the batman universe is that because there are so many characters part of the universe and part of the bat family we rarely get a lot of focus and we can go a long period of time without focusing i mean there was a lot there was a period of time from the time. Tynan ended his run on Detective Comics, which was May of 2018, to the time that Batman Outsiders came out, which brought back um, Cassandra, focusing on her. Um, there was the uh, the Batman Signal miniseries that focused on Signal, but before that, it was like a year before since the last time we had seen him. Then Batman and the Outsiders came and it brought Signal back, but those characters were just kind of like out there currently we're not seeing a whole lot of spoiler she hasn't popped up a whole lot Uh, i know she's going to be popping up at least by the looks of the cover in an upcoming issue of young justice but there's a lot of characters that don't get a lot of focus and i feel like if you if you really want to go crazy with the world building get creators to interact with each other telling stories that involve a lot of these other characters that don't get a lot of focus That's what I'd like to see because I think that world building is way more important than they've been putting the focus on and I assume they realize that because, you know, they talked about New York Comic Con, how they're trying to work out this massive timeline. You assume that part of that reasoning is because they want to make sure the world building is there and I personally think that world building is huge and I don't think a lot of other people would disagree when you look at other other elements within media you look at star wars world building is something that is being bringing people in to the movies and you look at the mcu and while maybe not the com maybe comics aren't the place that it's happening all the time it really is an easy place to make it happen because you don't have to worry about arranging as much you have one group editor organizing and you know connecting the dots between things and it's not like that hasn't happened in the past so there's no reason it shouldn't happen now but that's how you create something that's really really lasting and really has a lot of people that a lot of characters that different people can get interested in i think that's something that uh dc really really needs to do and i think rebirth the intention was there it just hasn't happened so what would you guys like to see
0: pretty much verbatim what you said um i think yeah i don't know if this is exactly what you said but an anthology where you just have anyone who's not in any big stories right now or maybe they are or just random random doesn't even have to be batman universe just people who you don't see very often having their own stories and then kind of just gauging the popularity of either the writer or the character and maybe launching their own book or something i don't know like i just bought a forget what season it was it was some, some oh, it was just a, it was just a new new creator showcase um and there was a from last year and it was a little story about damien and selena doing a little adventure together and not telling bruce about it it was it was kind of cute and you know i wouldn't mind seeing more of that probably i'm in the minority there but um yeah seeing seeing something just more more human interaction between the characters I think is something I'd also like them to focus on instead of being so adventure-driven. Which is kind of what they're doing with Outsiders, but Outsiders is also a little boring.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree with Steph. It's <laughs> been really disappointing because there's a lot of great characters, but they're not being used in a way that draws me in. Um, I, I think what Destin proposes is a really great idea. I agree the... Anthologies, unfortunately, don't seem to me to be really utilizing the power of an anthology, which is highlight characters. Instead, we mostly get stuff featuring characters that characters. already have books. Um, and while I understand why they want the anthologies to sell, and if you've got a bunch of people who, you know, the characters are uh, less popular, well, just do a pairing. Like, do Batman and Spoiler, or, you know, Wonder Woman and... Cassie Sandsmark, you know, characters who don't have as much focus paired with characters who do have focus. Use the crossover appeal. Don't just focus on the characters who already have books and everyone already knows them. It just doesn't feel like they're they're using those anthologies to the best of their abilities. Um, I think I only have real really two wish lists at this point other than what we've talked about just now and in my, my pitch in the past. I want Christopher Priest on a Bat Book. I prefer him on Batman or Detective Comics, but I think he'd actually do a great job with Nightwing or any of the the characters. Um, I also want a Stephanie Brown book. Um, I'm just going to keep saying that until I get one, and so I'll probably keep saying that for the rest of my life.
0: Well, I mean, so, like, I mean, for what I understand, please forgive me, I'm a completely Marvel ignoramus, but like, Iron Man and and Guardians of the Galaxy, no one cared about those books. They were completely unpopular characters until they started making really good movies about them. And so I feel like, as much as I'm not really looking forward to the Birds of Prey movie, it's highlighting characters that non-comic book readers have never heard of. Like like Cassie, like Montoya, like, like Huntress. Like, in general, other than, you know, here and there in the cartoons, those are just... Name they don't exist, and so bringing them to the mass media's attention may be one way to bring the more books out. And as much as I hate the book copying the movies, <laughs> um, it may be one way to bring some attention to those to those characters. And so maybe seeing more movies or more more mainstream media featuring those lesser known ones might be good. Because the reason Batman's so popular is Batman's everywhere. It's like if you. If we put the effort into other characters that we did into Batman or Superman, maybe we'd see more of them around too.
1: Yeah, I think I think the problem is that there's a really bad disconnect overall with what everybody's doing within Warner Brothers, as far as the comics, mm. the movies, the show, the TV shows. Very, very bad connections between what's happening. Like, and I'm not trying to sit here and say that that Disney and Marvel are doing it all right. Cause they're not. Um, I don't know that I, as far as I am aware, sure. There's definitely some, some good focus on some of those characters like Iron Man and Thor that wasn't there prior, but also Marvel rebooted a lot of their books in the middle of like the, like right around the, the in. In the middle of the Infinity Saga that they were doing, where the main characters were Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, they rebooted their books and had completely different characters take over the roles. So it's you can't sit here and say that the comics are always going to reflect the reality of what's going on, because the other part of it is we know from, especially work that you've done... The movies don't always yeah. boost the books. So They don't. <laughs> so, so there's no question about that. The books have to be good on their own and they need to be able to support themselves regardless of what's happening. Yeah. The oh, absolutely. Collected editions there's a whole other story. I'm, I'm positive the collected editions, the sales go up for some of the characters that are featured in some of these mm-hmm. films because that's a better value for a consumer. You know, getting an entire story arc compared to a bunch of single issues is just a better value. Um, right. So for that side of it I could see that. But Marvel at the same time like they had the Netflix shows. They didn't want to like go full in on connecting to the MCU. They didn't want to have Agents of Shield while it was connected. They very they only had a very few situations that, you know, intersected and even then, I mean, let's be honest, Coulson died in the Avengers movies but somehow he was alive in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was because, well, the, the the show was happening, so he needed to be alive. The thing is, like, they're not a great example of it either. However, they're going in a different direction now where they've done the Infinity Saga. They have a new slate of movies that they're doing. They have shows that they're putting together for Disney+, Plus that will tie directly into what's going on. And when you look at... What Disney has been doing with their individual franchises that they have, they're very much all about trying to have a lot of different things intersect with each other. Sure, it took some time to like make a lot of that stuff work, but now that it is working, you can see how successful it can be. Warner Brothers, on the other hand, has everything in its own little path. All the television stuff is going in its own direction, in some cases different directions based off of the fact that there's shows on different networks that don't interact with each other. Um, the DC universe stuff that we see with Titans doesn't intersect with the same stuff that we see on the CW that could change maybe with the crisis stuff. But right now it's not, nah. it's not the animated stuff goes its own direction. A lot of this stuff just, it. they do what they think is going to be successful regardless of whether or not it can tie in with the existing things that they've got going on. The CW stuff is probably the best example of them taking a number of different franchises with a variety of different characters and making it work. But when it comes to the movies and the comics and even the TV shows in the comics, DC will gladly latch their 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 uh anchor onto something that's th- they think will be successful, but very rarely does it end up being successful for the, for them in the long term. So the only thing that probably has worked in their favor is the popularity of Harley Quinn skyrocketed after Suicide Squad, and they just continue to pump out a ton of Harley stuff. But aside of that, I don't really see it going in a good direction because I don't really think that they're looking at this as how can we make a lot of what we're doing super successful. And I just that's they're just in a different mindset than what's happening over at Marvel slash Disney unfortunately so anyway with all of that being said i want to encourage you guys to head over to the site to check out all of the other podcasts that we have to offer uh, we have reviews of all of the books that uh, we currently cover at tbu those are posted on wednesday thursday and friday every single week depending on which book is is, is which books they are in addition to that, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for all these news and videos from the Batman Universe. You can join our Discord. That's always greatly appreciated. Leave us reviews on iTunes. are always greatly appreciated. And I implore you, if you haven't yet done so, please send us an email at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net with any questions, comments, concerns about the future. Also, if you are so inclined, we are... We're going to be revealing in the next episode some future plans for TBU as a whole, but we are in the process of ramping up our staff, so if you are so inclined to either review comics or to write content in general, we're looking for a lot of people to join our ranks in the coming month, so I encourage you... If this is a good time um, to get in touch with us, email me at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and we'll figure things out for you know to get you working with us. With all of that being said, for Ian, Steph, and myself, this has been the Batman Universe Comic Podcast and we'll see you guys next time.